Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Rumination. 3CR's Rooming House and Homeless Persons Issues Program. Featuring information on health and housing services, as well as live local guests, artists and performers from our unsung community. Join us at 12pm on Thursday on 3CR 855 AM. Um, welcome to another edition of Ruminations. Um, I'm my name's Spike, and I'm here today with Kelly. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Spike. Um, so, Ruminations is a housing and homelessness issues program that you can listen to us at streaming live at, on 3cr.org.au. So that's streaming live throughout Australia. Yep. Yep. Throughout the world. Throughout the world. So the world is listening and. Also, you can listen to our, you can listen to this show for the next week on the Ruminations page, and that's ruminations.org.au. Is that right? On the three no. CR page. Three yeah. CR page. On the three CR website. On yeah. the three. So, so that's three crorgau slash slash ruminations. And we and we podcast um, some of our shows now too. So this show and um, past shows I've been um, uploading to the Ruminations page. Okay. All right. Look, we've got a packed show for you guys today. Um, we know that the budget was last week, but something happened. We hope to be able to have a look at um, the lack of the increase in Newstart, which is an issue for many people that are on benefits, for many people that, that are homeless or are homeless or are at risk of homelessness on some sort of Centrelink payment. Um, the increases to rent over the last uh, five years and also... Um, yeah, but I think something that's really pressing is that last night in Richmond, in North Richmond, there was a meeting of locals um, at a pub, at the All Nations pub. Uh, 150 locals got together and there was a meeting to discuss the safe injecting room in North Richmond. Now, that's been open since last June. Um, so it's almost 12 months that it's been open. And, you know, in... In many, look for from for a perspective of someone that's been that is uh, that's been an injecting drug user and someone that's experienced homelessness and uh, social exclusion and alienation and many of the things that come from being disempowered um, at the bottom of the economic sort of um, ladder um, is that many you know there's a lot of health issues that come with. Um, being an injecting drug user or a drug user of, you know, of, of not just injecting drugs, but many drugs, including alcohol. So last night there was a meeting um, called by, I believe it was the local councillor, Stephen Jolly, called a meeting um, at the pub to discuss um, what was happening, happening at the safe injecting room. According to the locals, um, they believe that the safe injecting room hasn't made a difference they're still they're still concerned about the public drug use. Um, the Herald Sun was even made some, some sensational claims about other things that were going on. But uh, there, the, what 
this is ostensibly about uh, having a safe place to use uh, 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 drug, uh, heroin or to inject drugs, a safe, clean, hygienic place where people that um, are using drugs can use them safely. The locals are saying that the uh, the, safe, the the safe, the injecting drug room, I'll, I'll, I'll stop stuttering, um, has not solved the problem. As far as they're concerned, they they believe that uh, it's still it's still too visible for them. They're suggesting that they've still had to deal with people that use drugs um, on on their way to and from the house, um, and they believe that it hasn't been the silver bullet that it was promoted as being. And I think it was never going to be that. It was never going to be this. It was never going to get rid of something that's been entrenched in Richmond for a long time. Um, a, a room that's open. Um, it's open eight till seven, Monday to Friday, nine to five on weekends is not going to solve the issue of homelessness, um, drug addiction and, and people, drug dependence and uh, um, and and people being in crisis, and many people who are in crisis do tend to use certain substances and congregate in that area. One injecting drug, uh, safe injecting room is not going to solve all those problems. It's not going to resolve all those issues. And one of the problems that, like I, I don't know if any anyone else was invited to that meeting. But from the media reports, um, it was only local, the, the people that live in the area and um, one of the local councillors, Stephen Jolly. No one from Harm Reduction Victoria was um, invited. No one representing, which would have represented, hopefully would have um, represented safe uh, uh, injecting drug users. No one from the health department was there. Um, no one from the government was there. Um, so it sounds... From the outside and from reading reports, it sounds like it seems as though it was very stacked one way. And unless those people were there to to have a look at, at to to sort of develop some strategies or some solutions about what the issue to address the issue um, as being, you know, it's more than just people using drugs. It's about the criminalisation of drugs the social exclusion that they face, the whole stigma around being a drug user in this community and, and the, the war on drugs that's actually destroyed people's lives. Um, I, don't think that, I don't think those issues were discussed last night. From all reports, it was, a, it was a session to vent. It gave people, I suppose it gives people, uh, locals, an opportunity to vent their concerns. We're not trying to invalidate, that, invalidate those concerns here today. What we do want to do is have a have a um, a considered discussion about some of the issues that people who use drugs face. Systemic, yeah, issues. systemic issues that come from the criminal. As I'm going to repeat myself, that come from the criminalisation of drugs. Because it's ironic that this discussion was held in a pub. So somewhere that it's been an establishment where you can buy and sell um, alcohol, which is I suppose you could call it a safe drinking room. They held a meeting to 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 vent their prejudices or concerns or their well they are prejudices in many cases because no no one was suggesting that there's um, drug users in front of every house so I think there from from reports there were con- people were concerned about what they heard their neighbours saying that had happened to them 
um, the reports in the media don't tell us how long ago these these um, these these things happened. As as we said earlier, people have been using drugs in North Richmond for years and years and years. Um, I can be I'll, I'll be quite honest with you. I used uh, Victoria Street. I, I, you know, I, I went there to score my drugs and I use my drugs. I'll be quite honest and I'm happy to say um, that I use that area. And, um, I, and there's claims that the, that the problem's increased. From someone that lives in the area, what, what's become really obvious is that there are more people in crisis in that area. They're not, they don't, okay, um, I don't believe they're all uh, injecting drug users. What, what do you think? I don't know, Spike. I do. I do see more people who look like um, they're struggling around North Richmond these days. People with um, with their belongings, with their bags and stuff like that. So people yeah. carrying blankets, pillows. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot more of that. And we're going to talk about it um, further on in the show. But you know, how much does this relate to what's going on in the CBD with people getting pushed out okay. of the uh, City of Melbourne municipality? That's right. But, um, yeah. So I, I th- what, what's, what's concerning is that, and look, local councillors and, loc- and locals have every right to, to call a meeting and have a discussion about something that's happening in their area. What is concerning is, we look, I'm not sure if anyone else was invited yeah, that's that's disconcerting that there was no representation from um, MSER employees. That's the medically supervised injecting okay. room, MSER, or um, uh, drug drug user representatives like from Harm Victoria and that, Harm Reduction yeah, Victoria. Sorry, that would have been a difficult gig for anyone who who had been who was um, was cons- was trying was supporting um, the safe injecting. Uh, in- Emser, Emser. Okay, <laughs> who was supportive of Emser? Um, it would have been a really difficult gig to walk into a room of 150 people that were aggressive, that were rabid and, about the situation. You know, in a in a pub, yeah, yeah like in a pub people where are people have been drinking. drinking pots of beer or whatever. Yeah, it's not great. And and are they were these issues discussed in a, in a sort of calm? In a calm way, that took into account people's health. You know, I, I can read out that the the Nico Clark, who's the the general manager or the doctor that manages um, the safe injecting drug room, M Sir, um, he said that there's an enormous demand for services and that and that those using the centre had far greater health problems than than ever anticipated. Um, you know, overdose. There were 650 overdoses in the first month. That happened in 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 the um, facility. There's a lot less um, ambulances down yeah. there these days. I've noticed. So there's a ten percent, seven percent drop in, in overdoses actually on the street. So you would think that that's a success. Yeah. One of the problems is what what's he, what he's pointed out is is that if we see overdoses in drug use in Richmond, we we when we are in the room itself, this is Nico Clark um, talking now, or I'm I'm. Um, Quoting Nico Clark, if we see overdoses and drug use in Richmond where we, when we are in the room itself, which is full virtually most of the time, it tells us that more people are injecting in Richmond that will fit into the room that is that will fit into the room as it currently is. So what the, what he's telling us is is that they're they're chockers. 
people are using this place for the intention that it was that for the reason that it was built. Yeah. What they can't meet is the demand, and that their people that they, they never anticipated the um, the, the health um, the health. Uh, the, the associated health, health issues in, that issues. people have. That's right. And there's an issue with the um, CCTV cameras um, around there, um, which is putting some people off, like people on remand. That's right. Well, apparently there's – I read somewhere – It's not a great idea. Well, I, I read somewhere that they, they're denied access because okay. they are in, on remand. I just I just did notice that that was uh, brought up as one of the issues yeah. um, last night and or just um, – uh, uh, yeah, they're not being allowed to use the facility. That's right, but it's the people that don't want their friends or family or work yeah. colleagues to know that yeah. um, they're using that might be turned off by the CCTV cameras. And that was one of the. And I remember Stephen Jolly was one of the people against the CCT. You know, in in fairness to him, and in fairness, yeah, in fairness to him, he was never a, a supporter of the CCTV cameras. They came in anyway, and they've acted as a, a barrier to people using uh, what, what is set up to be a safe space for people who are injecting drug users, whether that be heroin users, ice users, whatever people use. It's, that was intended to be a safe space for people to use. And so what did Fiona Patton have to say? She was a strong uh, – she basically introduced the bill to Parliament, right. I, I think, to That's get right. this up. She um, uh, takes issue with the uh, use of the um, term honeypot, that the areas become a honeypot. Well, I, t- I take issue uh, with that. For people. Well, that was suggested by Stephen Jolly that, he, that there was some sort of honeypot effect, that the, the existence of the safe injecting drug room, EMSA, sorry, EMSA, mm-hmm. was attracting people that normally wouldn't be in the area. And... Um, Okay, like I don't have statistics or data, but as someone, that, as I said, I've used the, the the area, and as someone that lives maybe I don't know a kilometer away, um, it, it uh, the number of people hasn't increased. It's just the different the people that are there uh, seem to be in 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 uh, more in, in deeper crisis than those that were there in the past. Mm. And we we'll talk about the connection yeah. to. What's happening that's right. in the in the city too, and and that is that's important that we mention that that mm. these things are connected. This isn't a one off. Richmond isn't isn't uh, is is not in a vacuum. That's right. Where you know Melbourne's a pretty it's a very big place, and there are sort of there's levels flow on effects. There's, from there's knock things, on effects, that's right. and there's different and there's different levels of pro- there's people that have um, housing issues. Just people that have health issues, whether they be, you know, they've been diagnosed with a mental health problem or not. Um, they have problems with the criminal justice system. People struggling to stay on their benefit with, with you know, so you know, people of people that are struggling to keep their head above water are fighting battles on many fronts, and that's not just people that are using drugs. I, you know, I, I, as an outreach worker, I visit caravan parks, and I can tell you. That there are people that are struggling, that that have gone to seek support at at, um, at sort of Vincent Care or the Salvos or CoHealth or whatever, and you know they've had their um, they feel like they're being stuffed around, they feel like they're not being heard, they feel like they're struggling with Centrelink job network, they may have kids, you know, uh, teenage kids, even younger children, so they're struggling with benefits, and they may have a disability of their own. So people that 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 
you know, may turn to having a drink or using a substance are fighting battles on many fronts. They're also fighting the criminal justice system, especially if you're using um, um, drugs that are illegal, um, which there's a stigma attached to that. And there's a reason why people, for example, if, you know, there's no stigma attached to someone walking into that pub last night and getting absolutely cooked. There would be no problem with that. That person would, would slink off into the dark. You know, no, one, no one's going to point the finger at that person. But because of our, the historical nature of um, the way uh, heroin and, and war ice, on and speed, the war on drugs, it's created a huge stigma and um, it's put a black mark against, against people and it's made it difficult for them to maintain stability in their lives, to keep a roof over their head to maintain their benefits and to keep their health. And we're all entitled, this is a human right to be able, and pro, you know, the safe injecting drug, MSA, is not just a, a place where you can use drugs. It's also, it's clean. You can do it in some, a level of privacy where you don't have to share your life with, with thousands of people. Unfortunately, what, what um, uh, Dr. Clark is telling us is that they're full all day. The, the hours, you know, nine till seven, nine till seven, uh, sorry, eight till, sorry, seven till, is it eight till seven, Monday to Friday and nine till five on weekends. I mean, that might be business hours, but people that, that have um, addictions or uh, um, especially drugs that are not legal, you know, they, they don't recognize these sort of problems don't recognize business hours. And just like homelessness doesn't recognize business hours when, when people that need support need to go to support services, the same thing for people that have health issues. These places probably need to be open, you know, 24 hours. It probably needs to be larger. It probably needs to be a food security program attached, yeah. a housing program. Um, and there needs to be more of them with fully integrated health yeah. and housing services. I mean, that's like gold standard. That's what we would be looking at. Well, that you, I think you said it a lot more elegantly than I did. Oh, you know, okay. mine was a lot more clunky. But I, I th- you know, this discussion is a lot is is much more nuanced and multi layered than just flat out. We can't have these people here. What what the f is going on? Because as some of the locals have said, they know. You know, they've all admitted this stuff's been happening in Richmond for years. And the CCTV cameras came in for a reason. They they hoped that was going to be the silver bullet or the the panacea to this uh, the problem of of public drug use. It it wasn't. Um, and and they were having to deal with people overdosing in their front yards. The the EMSA has done has made has reduced um, public overdoses by ten seven percent and probably reduced in um uh. uh uh, transmissible transmissible um, diseases. diseases like he- uh, hepatitis and HIV. That's a really good point, and that that needs to be part of the discussion. Was the uh, that wasn't part of the discussion last night? I would have loved to have uh, been there. I really would. And funnily enough, I walked past the pub last yeah. night. I was going to visit somebody, and first time I've ever walked down there. At, you know, at night. For years, and there was all these people in the pub, and I thought, oh, it must be a trivia night or something. Little did I know that that was happening at the time. It was absolutely packed. 
So far from being a trivia night, this was incredibly important. And this, I mean, people, it, it impacts people's lives on a daily basis. Um, this is incredibly important. We need to, and I, I believe that it was well-intentioned, this meeting last night. I, 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 I want to believe that. Obviously, it's reached some kind of uh, critical sort of mass breaking, or breaking point, point that yeah. it needed to be called. Well, the people, I'm sure that, well, people are going to ring up their local council when they see stuff that they don't like happening on the yeah. footpath. But what, what my, my problem is, I don't, okay, I don't live directly in the area. So I can't say, well, the problem hasn't increased any more than what it was, you know, a year ago or two years ago, or five years ago. You, it's it's really hard to gauge mm. that from just being someone that you know lives okay. We live you a commute, kilometer you away. Commute through yeah. there. Look, we're not trying to disparage no. anybody. What we're, I guess, what we're saying, would you say, Spike, that we we hope and we call on for there to be a deeper discussion um, about this, you know, and and credit to Stephen Jolly. Yeah. Um, he was mentioned as saying last night that we really do need to address this because yeah. the right wing parties will jump on this yeah. and the place will get shut down. That's right. And and that, that would be an absolute disaster. That would be an absolute disaster. We'll go back to disa- how it was before with all manner of, um, all, you know, great number of um, ambulances down there all the time and people dying in alleyways, and, overdosing in alleyways. And, and what you mentioned are the diseases. Yeah. Um, and uh, you, uh, people that are using that MSIR right now will be able to get referrals to other services, be able to see a dentist, be able to see a dietitian. They'll be linked into services. That place closes down. There's going to be a huge hole in, in many people's lives. So please, when, when you hear anyone out there that's listening and that's heard about this discussion about the safe, MSIR, the safe injecting room in Richmond, please consider that this is a systemic issue at, at least attempt to look at it in in, in a, a holistic way. Um, it's not just a black and white issue. Remember, there's historical issues, the war on drugs, the criminalization of drugs, and has never worked, and, and people suffer. And, you know, people um, people's lives are, are, have been put into disarray because of the war on drugs. And just uh, outlawing MSIR, and making it more difficult for people to use in a safe, private, clean, well, relatively private, clean space that's attached to health services is incredibly important. It's important when people use alcohol, you know, let's not be drug snobs. Many people use many different substances. So it's important that all of our rights are catered for, all our, that all of our needs are respected. And that, you know, we know, no one wants to see anyone get hurt. That's the last thing that anyone wants to see. But it's important that every, regardless of whether you're an injecting drug user, a, a drinker of alcohol, everyone, everyone is entitled to health services and support if they choose to access it. And if people are going to, this, to MSIR and using it, you know, um, they're showing with their feet that they feel comfortable there and it's important to them. You're listening to uh, 3CR, 8.55am, uh, Ruminations, a peer um, homeless issues program, and we're talking about um, the community meeting held last night in Richmond about the medically supervised injecting room. So you say it a lot better than I do. <laughs> Even every time I attempt to say it, it's really clunky and, yeah, okay. 
All right, do we want to go to a song? Yeah, we should go, go to a go little to a, musical right. interlude. Musical interlude. All right, let's go to a musical interlude and we'll be back to discuss um, the police taking photographs of homeless people in the CBD. Yeah? Let's do that. Okay. quick word about uh, public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it. So when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life. And 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood, is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe... The number is 94198377. You've been listening to the same. You could never understand. Feel the fortune flowing. You know it isn't stuck. And we're back, and you just heard Christ Bait with God. Great track from a great local band. Um, yeah. So we're back and you're listening to Ruminations, a housing and homelessness programs, a program produced and hosted by people who have or are experiencing homelessness. Okay, so we discussed the EMSA, EMSA in Richmond, um, and that it's not a black and white issue and that, people, and that many people who use that facility uh, face many different battles on many levels. Another thing that's come to our attention over the last couple of, well, last four weeks actually, is um, people that are rough sleepers or people that 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 um, sleep in town in the CBD have had have had the police approach them and ask them if they can take their photos. So you know this is an incredible infringement on people's rights and ability to get to get to go through their their days that get through their daily lives um uh you know infringement on their on their rights and they just their, their freedom to be so what we've heard um is that people have been using food vans um on elizabeth street um around um, victoria market and they've been approached by police and they've been asked a number of questions about their their work history where they're from um, and then asked if they could have if they could take their photograph. Now I, they weren't asking permission. Uh, it was it was more in the sense that they were telling them that they were going to take their photo with um, a mobile phone, I believe, with one of their mobile phones. This is illegal, surely. Of course, it's illegal. It's definitely illegal. And as someone that works in the CBD, I, I made sure that. You know, as soon as I, you know, we found out, we went and shared that information with um, one of the legal services in town. They have a contact within the Victoria Police, and within a few days, it was made clear that these now, with without all this defamation sort of stuff, what was what was uh, then relayed to us was that uh, there was a number of of officers that had taken it upon themselves 
to take these photographs, that it was not an instruction from their superior. That doesn't sound true. That doesn't ring true to me. Well, that's that makes okay. What what do we say to that if that's the case, Kelly? I I, I see. I str- so as someone that is in t- attempting uh, to work with with good you know with good intentions and goodwill in that space in the CBD, um, we have to work with police officers. I, you know, I need to work with them. On, in many instances, to make sure that people are safe, um, and you know, and, and if and if someone's being hassled, I have to be able to feel like, or we have to, you know, outreach workers and health workers need to be able to approach police. We need to have good relationships with them. I'm just, uh, yeah. I'm not. So I have to take them on face value. Oh yeah, and great. I'm just saying, as a as a bystander to yeah. this information, it just sounds strange. Why would a what? It sounds more uh, like it's an organised thing rather than um, one or two cops going out of their way to do this. Why would they even bother? Why would they even care? Be- Creating more work f- for okay. themselves. One one explanation may be, um, and from and this is this came about because um, if I don't know you guys, you know, listeners may remember that we discussed a project that's being conducted in this in CBD right now. Myself uh, and a colleague uh, are working with people that are sleeping rough or have slept rough in the CBD to collect their experiences, suggestions, skills on how they manage the health and legal impacts of sleeping rough in the CBD. To reduce those impacts, we, we're, we're collecting, we're surveying 100 people and then setting up a working group that will meet twice a month for six months to pilot a suggestion that comes from the working group. Before we started the surveys, we consulted with all the different organ, you know, uh, the people that run the. Uh, uh, Probably shouldn't mention names. Okay, okay, but you know, like uh, different services, different services, stakeholders, car parks, yeah, stakeholders. Wow. We can, we 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 did our you know literature review and we consulted with these different services. What was made clear to us is that on many instances, people react to pressure that comes from the public. That that's 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 what that's. That's what was communicated to us. That you know, people pe- call council and complain about. People call the council. People call the a police station. And there's also events in the CBD. So we have the tennis. Um, we also have the Harry Potter spectacle. The Harry, yeah, spectacular spectacle. And so that's the only opening in the. Is it the Southern Hemisphere? I believe. I'm not sure, Spike. But I believe so. It's a theater. It's, it's a, a big play. Thing. Yeah, and so I believe and. That the police, uh, this is yeah, that the police are reacting to pressure from the theatre managers and and private owners of uh, of you know businesses businesses in the CBD, and you know, you know from watching cop shows over the years, you know you, you know that they have that board and they have photos of people that are problematic, suspects. Sus- well, perhaps that's one way of putting it, or, or people that are a concern. And perhaps, maybe, they um, have attempted to use these photos of a way of identifying people. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, that's illegal. If if someone's committed a crime, they're taken to the police station and they're charged. I don't understand why they're being asked about their work history. Be- well, the, there's a daily support team that goes out. There's the launch housing daily support team that... So part of the whole the protocol in the CBD is that it's it's the job of the police um, and the day, the launch housing daily support workers to go out to people that are sleeping rough 
and uh, an and attempt to link them with services. It's part of this approach to get them out of the city fundamentally and this push to get people out of the CBD has pushed people to Yarra. So that's what's happened. So there's a, like a bubble, you know, when you squeeze uh, a balloon. So people are being pushed out of the CBD and moved to Carlton, to the football ground, and they're also moving to Yarra. And Yarra only has one designated um, homelessness worker. That's right. That's just not good enough. No. And, and see, this is when uh, this community discussion shouldn't have happened at a pub. I'm sorry, and I don't, I don't want to... I don't want to pot anyone necessarily. It shouldn't have happened at a pub. It should have happened at the local council, in the council buildings, a neutral space where we can discuss these things because there are systemic issues. Let's have a look at it in in a holistic way and deal with it as mature, reasonable people and not come at it from one angle. You know, it's a bigger issue than just, you know, it's health, it's criminal justice, it's housing, um, it's a, it's, it's, you know, and, and we need to look at it in, in, in a, because, you know, we're all connected. What happens in, in, in the CBD, um, affects what happens in Yarra and what happens in Yarra affects what happens in the CBD. It's those flow on effects. That's right. And having one meeting, uh, uh, maybe I shouldn't join the two too much, but you know, they're very close. They're in close proximity to each other. And the, you know, I you know, as as someone that's been homeless, you move around town all the time. You know, you have to get. If I need to have a shower, I'll go to where the shower. If I need to do my laundry, I'll go to where I, I can do my laundry. If I need to go score drugs, as someone that yeah, I'm happy to put up my hand. You know, I needed to go to, to Victoria Street, and if I wanted to use them safely, now I would go to the safe injecting room. So these things are connected. If people feel like they're being um, victimised or picked on or bullied by the police in the CBD or having their photo taken, they're going to move from the CBD. And maybe that has the intended effect of not being a blight for the Harry Potter people, you know? It's reminiscent of what went down um, in the CBD a couple of years ago with the the whole tennis debacle. That's right. When um, Robert right. Doyle was mayor of Melbourne. Yeah. And um, uh, there was all lot, lots of uh, hoorah about that of people sleeping at the front of um, Flinders Street Station and that wasn't good for tourists. Hey, And then we started the No Homeless Ban campaign. That's right, which was um, successful. Which was going to make it basically illegal to sleep on the footpath in town. Anybody who's done any bit of um, travelling... Um, knows that, uh, you know, like Melbourne's held up as this kind of pristine place where we don't have problems of poverty um, and structural inequalities and homelessness doesn't exist here. Anybody who's travelled anywhere in the world knows that homelessness is a global issue in every major city I've ever had the privilege of visiting. Um, There's homelessness, you know. It's, um, It's happening everywhere. And to stick your head in the sand and say that it's not happening here is, well, exactly doing that. It's a disgrace and, and that, really neglectful. And that's why um, I believe, for whatever it's worth, that that discussion, that community meeting last night should have been, it should have been, like, it, it's important to everyone in Melbourne. It's not just important to, although the people in Richmond in that area are at the coalface, and again, I, I want to uh, uh, stress that when I'm not, I don't seek to invalidate or delegitimize their concerns because, you know, no one wants to, it's a battle. But it, it is a real, it's a battle for people that are on the street. 
So the people that are observing this battle, they're not going to like what they see. But this is these are the consequences of inequality. This is what happens when people, you know, who are who are sleeping rough or sleeping on the street have to satisfy job network requirements to get a benefit. This is what happens to people. You know, I visit caravan parks where people are paying two hundred dollars a week. Where they have to share a bloody shower with with a hundred people, a dirty shower. It's dirty. That's right. And so, there. You know, when people are facing these type of um, mm. issues and and um, it's struggles, not a, it's on, not a simple it's issue. Not, it's not clean. It's not clean. It's not attractive. And could you? Um, and so, five years, five months of you know um, having those sort of problems of not having anywhere to stay. Struggling to maintain your benefit. Sleep deprivation. Sleep deprivation, that's right. Police harassment. It's not pretty. It's not pretty. Mental health issues. Well, yeah, mental health. Trauma. The impact of power disparities because, you know, mental health, those issues are a manifestation of inequality also. You know, the way institutions treat us, trauma, the trauma from the treatment of institutions. So it's a huge issue and... So it's a, the discussion is bigger than the, I don't like what's happening in the, my front yard. What's happening in our front yards and on our streets is a direct consequence of the way we distribute resources. And until we we can face up to that and say, okay, we need these things need to change and not get sucked into a discussion about you know fake Im- you know immigration and you know our borders and all this stuff because you know. People that come, you know, people in Australia, people are just trying to keep their heads above water, and politicians are trying to. Uh, it's it's a fake. You know, what do they call it on the street? They call it um, you're throwing off. They're trying to keep us off um, thinking about economic inequalities, material. Uh, it's a that, it's a constant throw off. Yeah, it is <laughs> politics, it, and it is. It's a constant throw off. That's that's that, that's the art of the throw off. Yeah, politics is. is the art of the throw off. Yeah, and that's what they do, and. And by by this this issue of the way people who are, are having a difficult time are treating the CBD and what's happening in Yarra are really connected. You're listening to Ruminations Peer Homeless Issues Program on 3CR 855 AM and we also stream at 3cr.org.au and we've been talking about the community meeting held last night at the um, All Nations Pub in Richmond about the MSIR, the Medically Supervised Injecting Room and uh, uh, residents' um, concerns, frustrations, thoughts and feelings about that it was attended by councillor Yarra councillor Stephen Jolly and we've also just been talking about um, reports that um, Victoria police members some of them have been um, um, asking illegal questions of um, people that are primary homeless in the CBD and taking their photographs yeah well if you listen to three say oh clap your hands if you listen to three say oh clap your hands if you listen to 3CR, I sure know where you are. If you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. If you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. If you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. We'll check out the happy vibe. We're gonna ring up and subscribe. If you listen to 3CR, clap your hands. What? Who the hell is that? Clap your hands. What are you talking about? I ain't no elephant. Get out of here. This is handmade radio. Get the hell out of here now.
for human rights, indigenous sovereignty and climate justice. Our destination is Manus Island. Join us for the Freedom Flotilla. Sailforjustice.org. Get on board. A 3CR supporter. Are you intimating that I was bothering you around there, no, Mr. I'm, Spike? No, I'm, I'm just, I'm just uh, digesting the information. I'm just trying <laughs> to make it work, make it happen, and make it sa- make it so it's seamless, <laughs> so the people out there think it's all magic. But it's actually me struggling with this board in front of me. I'm panicking. Okay, all right. So we've discussed. Well, yeah. Yeah. So we've discussed uh, MSIR, Uh What's happened in town with rough sleepers and also, okay, so last week the, the budget came down and, and the budget, what, what, when they make money, when they're in the red, surplus. the surplus came from their lack of spending on NDIS. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't laugh. That's not funny. But that, it's criminal. So people who are struggling, with, who are facing challenges with disabilities, the money wasn't spent on, on what it was intended for, and they're calling it a surplus. And so now on, they're going to put it in people's bank accounts, like ten dollars a week or well, something. Well, apparently, a tax break, some, quote unquote. for lower, yeah, for lower to middle income workers, apparently there's going to be like a two dollar uh, wage increase or tax cut. Is this NDIS money? Yes, apparently the surplus was NDIS money that wasn't spent. And again, for, for anyone that works in the health sort of sector. The pe- people are, so, are struggling so it's, – it's a maze. It's like snakes and ladders attempting to make an appointment and trying to make N- the NDIS work for you because you don't actually get cash. It's, it's an insurance scheme that pays for your access to the services you need. So if you need a wheelchair, if you need to make um, changes to your house – to make like uh, lowering door handles and installing you know, installing that sort of stuff to make rails it, yeah. and things like that and and therapy and much more and, and I've, all, I'm not all, trying to trivialize no no of course not I, look it's it's a difficult issue to get you know to be completely across because it's huge you know different people have different needs and so in in, in two or three sentences to to try and and, and summarize the NDIS it's very it's difficult. So, but it is, it's an insurance scheme fundamentally for people who have disabilities and you, you need to be either incredibly articulate or have an incredibly strong advocate to be able to navigate the whole system. It's, you know, it's much more difficult than Centrelink and Centrelink is a struggle. Uh, uh, what's related to that is um, the rent increases is something, is another thing that happened. So benefits haven't gone up. New start. New start hasn't gone up at the last budget, but rents have gone up by five percent over the last five years. So five percent every year for the last five years. In, in the western suburbs of Melbourne, which is one of the more affordable um, parts of Melbourne, the, the rents have gone up twenty five percent in the last since twenty thirteen. Twenty five percent. Yes, twenty thirteen. Yes. Yeah. So the median uh, the median weekly rent in traditionally affordable suburbs such as Werribee. A Hoppers Crossing and Hoppers Crossing has risen by almost 25% across a five-year period. The Department of Health and Human Services last last week released its rental report for the December quarter of last year, which showed 
that the medium weekly rent in Werribee and Hoppers Crossing during the during the last quarter was three hundred and sixty dollars in comparison to two hundred and ninety in twenty thirteen. So in places where it was affordable to live, it's gone up five percent a year with um, Centrelink not being able to keep up and no public housing. No public housing. So, so what rent- do people expect? People are going to be on the street then, aren't they? So. And so if people are pushed onto the street, they're all caravan parks yep. and they have other health issues and um, maybe maybe they use, uh, maybe they drink, maybe they smoke synthetic pot. Maybe they, people do stuff to, be, to cope. Everyone has different, you know, we all have different coping mechanisms. This is why MSA, the safe injecting room, these, these things are all related. You know, this morning when I was looking at this stuff, I thought, Okay, so we're going to talk about um, the safe injecting room, what's happening in the CBD. Um, uh, Centrelink hasn't gone up. You know, we're still punishing people on benefits and rents are gone up, but they're all connected. Mm. It's one issue. It's life. It's a whole set of like cultural practices, isn't it? You know, it's a whole ideology. It's the way we reproduce our yeah. community on yeah. a daily basis yeah. and, and the way and, and power relationships that make that happen. Yeah. And the institutions that, that are in place to make sure that certain people stay in charge uh, on top, on top um, all the time. And so people with disabilities, people who have struggled with housing or health issues – they're always you know, um, uh, minorities, women, people of colour are always going to be behind the eight ball in a system that doesn't want to recognise our equality and recognise that we all we all have the same fundamental needs, um, and that chooses to divide us and by economic okay by our economic status and by keeping people down with the lack of benefits, as you said straight away and quite rightly. Not not enough public housing, um, healthcare. These are all things that are important to everyone. And so, when 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 they announce a surplus, when it's actually it's taken from the on the backs of people that have disabilities, that's not a surplus. That that shame job. That's, that's Australia. A, it's a crime. Do we have to get out of here for Bill now, Spike? Yeah, we do. All right, that was fun, guys. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna keep up with this um, MSA issue over the next few weeks. It'd be great if we could get someone from Harm Reduction Victoria to It'd come be on great the show. If we could. Yeah, but next it's a month, really important issue. A month from today, we'll have someone from Tenancy Victoria in uh, to discuss evictions. So that should be interesting, and oh, we great. can discuss what people are going through when they've been um, yeah evicted. Excellent. Okay. Thanks for your um, company today, no everybody, and Spike too. Cheers. Yeah. Okay, guys. Look after yourself. Yep. And See you, Kelly. Coming up next is uh, Living Free with, with Bill. Bill. More peer stories. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.